When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Scoutcast. My name is Joe. My name is Seb. My name is Andy. Welcome back Seb and hello again Andy. It's green arrows all round for us and no unicorns this week. In fact we're going even further. We're gonna we're gonna bust the myths and legends of FPL and the unicorn kingdom. Uh, Seb what else is coming up in the show? I don't know if I can top that mate. Is it green <laughs> is it green arrows all around by the way? Did I get a green arrow? Yes. Well, oh. well, I've given us all green arrows, whether we have. Oh. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Oh, did I get a green arrow? Yes. Oh. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't think I've moved in about four weeks, so that wasn't a uh, that wasn't a play for anything special. That's why. <laughs> that's why I didn't know. I'm like, oh, it's just the same rank again, give or take. Um, anyway, anyway, so we will, of course, first look at our game week twelve roundups and see if I did actually get a green arrow. I'm just an idiot. Um, we don't have any rough with the smooth this week because everyone did either far too well with the defence or, or was far too boring and got in Dennis for uh, Rafina or something, you jammy some does. So instead, we are going to move on to discussing FBL myths, as Joe mentioned. I believe you had success with unicorn-related humour last week. So we're going more <laughs> Sorry, what was that again? Unicorn what? Humor? Unicorn-related humour. Oh, related. <laughs> Blimey. What did you think I said? Just let's move on. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. <laughs> So we're going to look at some FBL myths. Uh, we've got one of our own each to talk about and some community ones as well that they either want busting or proving correct. We will, of course, then look at the next four fixtures. We have the community team, Alex's team, which we're going to have a look at, which has done well, I think, under the leadership of Joe and Andy, not so much myself. Uh, we have some differentials, of course, and there was success recently, I believe, with mm. Benteke. The, uh, so the, <laughs> the, the pressure's on us. Um... Absolutely. Um, I hear there's a Liverpool midfielder that we're still not allowed to pick, but it's still under 5%. No, we can still pick him. We can still pick him. Uh, now, yeah, yeah, we've, we've, you know, we've, we're busting the myths like you can't have Mane <laughs> and Salah. Well. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, so the last thing on our agenda this week, uh, massive anticlimax here, is our team reveals. Yes. But I will now hand over to either you or Andy, I believe, to go first with your team. Okay, yeah. Before we come to that, I just want to thank everyone in the chat for joining us. Um, Simon, FPL Gaza, uh, Karim, Matthew, uh, Tony, Rodriv, uh, FPL Focus is who's number... 
number two in the world, I believe. Um, so welcome. Oh, so good. Um, and yeah. Mark um, and many, many more. Um, Nuclear Atoms says that was horrifying. I don't know whether that was the absence of you two or the fact there were then three of me. So, or we could have been talking about something else. I could hazard a guess. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, who knows? Who By knows? the way, I don't, th- I think FPL, fo- I think it's FPL Focal that's number two in the world. Oh, is it? Oh, FPL Focus. So. Oh, he's just some bloke then. Or some yeah. woman. So <laughs> just someone, someone in the chat. Okay. Right. He's nothing. <laughs> no, oh, not to worry. No, FPL Focus. He might be third. No, FPL Focus is at uh, the moment one amongst the best managers because he's here he's in the live chat with us which is great so thanks so much for joining us andy you are top of the tree i've been building up you've got a lovely green arrow you're yes. up to two hundred and forty-four thousand five hundred seventy-three, yes. and um you've got a mega score so yeah tell us about your um score and your team and your heroes and so <laughs> forth yeah so uh 180k green arrow i will very much take that 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 helps a lot so all i've been doing recently is just trying to claw back from that habits captaincy that week really where everybody just kind of zoomed past me um i mean my defense i don't think i've had a week in my what 15 years of playing fpl where i've had a week where my defense has done quite so well so uh for everybody that's listening on the pod um Sat in goal, got me eight points, obviously, against West Ham. I tell you what, when they keep a clean sheet, he gets bonus points. He makes saves and he gets bonus. So, he, And Wolves do not concede a lot. They're, I think they only concede one shot, uh, one goal if they do. So, yeah, I was very happy with that. Uh, Trent, Rudiger. Uh, oh, I've got Rudiger twice there. Trent, Rudiger, Chilwell. <laughs> you know as said be these, these teams, and um, he said, Have, did you spot any mistakes? So I went, yeah. In your one, you'd gone up to 24,000th in the world. And I said, I'm sure, I mean, Andy's done it very well this week, but I'm sure he hasn't yeah, done that well. I wish I had two Rudigers. <laughs> um, um, and uh, I didn't even spot there were two Rudigers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so Trent, Rudiger, um, Chilwell and Cancelo. Okay. So I think it was over 50 points from my defenders and goalkeeper this week, which, uh, yeah, absolutely buzzing about that. There was a lot of chat. I think it was last week. Um, somebody mentioned I should play Liveramento over Rudiger. So I'm very, very happy that mm. I did not listen to that person. Uh, Salah is captain. And then, to be honest, just loads of twos and ones. Son and Bumo, Foden mm. all get in. They're not much. And Bumo just continues to flatter to deceive. Uh, Antonio with only two points. But then Tony finally got his goal as well. Um, so yeah, extremely happy last week. I flirted with Captain Cancelo at one point, but to be honest, I was just happy to to go with the the masses and Captain Salah. So yeah, eighty seven points, one hundred and eighty k green arrow. Very very happy indeed. So what what the key to that though? Before before we move on to mine and Seb's teams, is the key to that is obviously you've got that spine of Alexander Arnold, Rudiger, Cancelo, and, and Chilwell, and Salah captaincy. Mm. But around that, the difference between getting, you know, quite a good green arrow and a very, very good green arrow is there. Sar, it's the wall. You've got a Wolves defender in there. Quite a differential in, in you know, compared to, to a lot of other teams. Um, and there's that eight points has really helped. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, and uh, yeah. So it was like when I got um, Armstrong's nine points the other week and that turned a good green arrow into a very good green arrow. Um, which is that? But I, I can't let that go on. No, 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 no. Uh, I'm, I'm building, I'm building this up because <laughs> after we've spoken about teams, we're going to come to um, Seb's main myth that he will bust, and um, so we'll come to that. So sort of hold that thought <laughs> about these, the power of these differentials. The, the reason dis- you did well this week, Andy, is because you had Jose Sarf. That's what Jose yeah. saying. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
um, and here's me. Uh, I got seventy-seven. Um, and the reason I did so well this week is because I got SARS five points off the bench. Um, there were some other blokes involved in this: Alexander Arnold, Chilwell, Cancelo, um, and Salah captaincy. Um, Armstrong. So Armstrong sort of matched Tony, um, which um, many people have um, there. And Sar came in for Rafina. Um, so yeah, Sar was the key difference there, and that's the reason I'm absolutely shooting up the rankings because of that amazing differential of Sar, who's now injured. <laughs> um, but I do, I do like him. Uh, um, I was really impressed with Watford, not just the the, the sheer awfulness of of Manchester United. Um, but Watford, yeah, and King, Dennis, Saar, um, very impressive, very impressive. Even Tom cleverly impressed me. So, um, yeah. Um, Seb, you got 73 points, but a, but a very yep. good green arrow. Um, but uh, no Saar, <laughs> no, none of the Saars in there to help you. Um, yes, indeed, indeed. That's why I didn't have Saar, so I'm, uh, I'm below you. Uh, yeah, my team, I will run through it for you. Just let me grab it up. Uh, I have Steele in goal, obviously, for Sanchez, just with his two points. Uh, the defenders that pretty much everyone who did well this week has got, so Kinsella, Rudiger, Trent. I don't have another Chelsea defender, so Livermento finishing off my back four, who I did choose to play over Jimenez, which I think, like, before it happened, I was happy with that decision based on the fixtures, based on the likelihood of clean sheets versus scoring. Obviously, it didn't pay off. Obviously, wish I played Jimenez, or maybe Foden didn't play and Jimenez came in, but that's the way that goes. Foden, as I mentioned, is in my midfield with Mbumu, uh, Salah captain and Son and Antonio and Tony up front who got six points to Armstrong's five despite being much higher owned so I don't know about that Jay um, no, no I mean this, this I, all I can see here is just no SARS nothing I nothing can, I can also see Antonio in a Wolves shirt as well that's quite interesting oh, oh no oh I'm, I, I did play Jimenez give me the points give me the points <laughs> I feel um, even though it, I don't do this <laughs> I I feel responsible because um, I was asked to look and <laughs> check. Oh, yeah, um, and, and, and hence not being sure if I got a green arrow or not, realistically. I think I've just looked checked now. I've been 50k for about four weeks. So while you two have made really good ground, I think, Andy, you've been like, what, 450 to 250 or something? Um, yeah. I've kind of just treaded a bit of water, which, well, I mean, to contradict myself, maybe... Maybe those differentials are coming for well, you. Well, you yeah, I mean, one of the reasons we've done so well is because we have uh, the likes of Saar yeah. and Armstrong. But, okay, so... Well, I would argue, I would well, argue... Well, that... let, let's go, okay, let's, yeah, let's yeah, crack go on. on. Um, we're going to bust some myths here. So we've got um, our own myths we want to bust, or perhaps we want to sort of um, say, no, hang on a minute, this is a myth, this is actually reality. And also we want to have a look at the community's myths as well. So we'll go through them and uh, assess whether they should be bust or... Um, kept um, so Seb I'll put what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a tweet up on screen so you can sort of tell me what this tweet is what this discussion's about and what the myth is what you need to be busted and, and this tweet well it, it went it went huge it went almost viral almost mega viral sort of in the I'm FBL not sure, I'm not sure about that well you, look, you, got, you, you got about a thousand likes or so so uh, that's viral in my books um, so here we go here's your tweet fair enough um, yeah, cool. So, I mean, it's it's a very shallow tweet, really. Uh, just saying that I think one of the biggest myths in FPL is that you need differentials to climb the ranks. I'm not saying differentials are a bad idea. In fact, we're going to talk about some later. But there often seems to be this uh, received wisdom that if you're, you know, X, 100K, whatever it is, you can't possibly captain salary or you must bring in someone who is under 10% owned to climb the ranks. 
And if anything, I think you're more likely to go down the ranks than go up the ranks. When we get to game week 35 or whatever, sure, if you're 30 points off the person you want to catch, yeah, of course, you've got to be different. And this conversation, you know, I'd love to pass over to you two in a sec. There's lots of nuance to it. And of course, differentials are important in terms of the speed which you climb ranks or drop down ranks, of course. But realistically, it's a points game. It's a relative points game, of course. But if I get more points than you, it doesn't matter where they came from. If they come from an unlikely source, I'm more likely to score more points than mm. you in one week because fewer people are likely to have that player. But realistically, especially at this stage of the season, you kind of just need to focus on getting the best players you can. And I don't think it matters how highly owned they are or where you are in the rankings. Um, well, a, a related point just in the in the chat here. Ali has um, said uh, to me, um, "Sar is the reason we have green arrows." Said Joe, but doesn't mention. I don't mention that it's also what caused me to drop the previous three weeks. Au contraire, Ali, I've been getting green arrows the last few weeks because Sar's been on the bench. <laughs> and the, um, thing, the thing I was going to mention about Sar is that just I mean, just picked a goalkeeper got a clean sheet. Martinez, I got six hmm. points this week. Obviously, two less than Sar. But the argument there is Martinez is one of the highest owned goalkeepers, Saar much lower. It was a two-point difference. If Saar had got 20 points and all the other goalkeepers had got one point, you would have climbed many, many more ranks than if the reverse had occurred. Hmm. But you still need to actually score those points. So it is the highest point scorers we want. It's just the magnitude of difference is what the differential accounts for. I, I think, all, I mean, looking at all our ranks here as well, um, you know, 93, 55, 244, these are all, I mean, there's... there's the 20 points between me and Andy, 20 points between me and Seb. I mean, we're all quite, it's quite congested. Um, so um, I, I'm quite happy being this at this stage because if I can, what you were saying, avoiding, avoiding the, these differentials, not really going for those differentials, perhaps for the sake of it as well, and going for the tried and tested players and to steadily climb up the rankings. I mean, what are we, we're coming up to game week 13. I'm absolutely delighted to be where I am in the rankings at the moment. And if I can keep moving, what, 5K a week, 2K a week, keep going, you know, eventually get into the top 10K, take it from there. And then when the, you know, the bench boosts and the, et cetera, and the chips come out to play, um, hopefully I could push on there. That's, that's, that's the aim anyway. But perhaps... I and other managers might have been in this position before and then they think, oh, I want to push on further. I think I'm going to captain someone a bit different or I'm going to get this. Oh, this person's like 0.4% owned. So I'm going to get them in and they can match Gallagher. They can match Reese James. Um, and it's that feeling there. Um, uh, and that that's what could, it could cause um, a massive rank rise, but more often than not, it probably is going to mean a red arrow. I, so I think one last thing I'd like to throw at you um, before I'd love to invite Andy to speak on it as well is I think we maybe focus too much on individual players, individual game weeks. You know, you're talking about how much can I jump in one game week as mm. opposed to looking at half a season or however long you want to look at. And I think an example that highlights it really nicely is that the Cancelo, James, Chilwell, Trent backline, all of them are 25 to 35% ownership, if I recall. Mm. But only 5% of managers own all four. And in the top 10K, only 14% own all four. So arguably that backline mm. is a differential, yeah. even if none of the individual players are. So I think we get far too hung up on, oh, you need to have this player and that player and this player. It's your team that matters. So sure, pick one random differential if you want, a bit of fun, you know, it's a game, let's have fun. But realistically, pick the team that's going to get you the most points, regardless of where you are in the rankings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
Thank you. You've literally just taken what I was about to say. <laughs> oh, sorry, buddy. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, no, yeah, that's literally what I was going to say. If you have a look at it, you know, it's it's looking at combinations of players rather than looking at just one. You know, one player can be 30% owned, but if you own him and another player from that team or, you know, the combination of all the best performing players, you're going to be doing well because you're one of only a, a few amount of people that actually have those select players in your team. Um so I think that's a good way of looking at it and trying to look at it in combinations rather than just one player. Um, and also, I, I, I've had this conversation an awful lot. When you look at somebody like um, uh, Disable, Luke, he plays the game in a certain way where he wants to captain and triple captain differentials at certain times. And it's, it's how you want to play. If you look at somebody like Joe, for instance, you know, our lovely host, um, you've always finished in the top 100k. And that's and you're very very happy with that. But whereas someone well, no, like Luke, well, I wouldn't say happy. It'll do. It'll do. <laughs> it'll do. Um, whereas someone no, like that Andy's Luke, saying you should be happy with it. Just well like well Luke, done, John. Well let done. Let me speak. <laughs> someone like Luke <laughs> might have a season where he finishes one million, but then also might finish second one season because there's very very different ways of playing it like that. And and I think you've just got to know yourself as a manager and know whether you want to go for differentials, want to have a bit of fun, but also be wary that it can also lead to misery and you've got to be happy with the shots you take. Um, we did it a couple of weeks ago. We captained Havertz instead of Salah. Mm. Salah had the big EO. Havertz didn't, but we thought Havertz was going to do it. And he was a big differential. And imagine if he, if he hauls. He didn't, but the people that took the shot hopefully were happy about that um, because you're going to have those shots every now and again. But I do just think, um, yeah, I think people get hung up on EO an awful lot and get hung up on these uh, differentials when you, we don't really need you, to. You, you were talking about combinations um, as yeah. well. So is there any advice you would give around those? I mean, I, I guess an obvious one is you want to get the goal scorer and the assister of that of, of that combination. Mm. And it doesn't matter what their ownership is. They both could be 90% owned. But um, yeah. Is any is yeah. any any, yeah. any particular yeah, advice? Yeah, there? I guess so. And it's... Yeah. And... Uh, it's it's obviously a lot harder when it's over a couple of weeks, isn't it? Or whether it's whether it's only five to ten weeks, or whatever. I always think of free hits like that. You know, it's nice having the combined players from the teams, isn't it? But obviously, we only free hit once a season. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I remember. I mean, I mean, I mentioned it quite a few times. The the classic combination was Suarez Sturridge, um, where you with, with Liverpool, you you pretty much always got the the assister and the goal scorer. Suarez was, I don't know what, 70% owned, probably 100% amongst the engage managers. And Sturridge was about sort of 40, 50% owned, as far as I can remember. Um, but combine the two and captain one of them, Suarez, most likely, then suddenly you've got a very, a very potent um, sword there. Um, so yeah, I, I do advocate that as well. But, um, there's a thing Marks that was saying in the chat that he was saying that he's had um, 86% um, uh, template. So he's pretty much almost getting the template every week. And he's got green arrows as a result, small green arrows, but nevertheless. And a few weeks back, I, I was on a run of red arrows. And when you look on our live FPL, it's my team, it said moderately differential or something like that. But since I've and since the last few weeks when I've got green arrows, it said very template or moderately template, um, and that's helped. So, yeah, there's definitely merit in this tweet, which is why it got so it, it got so much chat on Twitter, was because um, lots of people are actually getting quite nice steady rank rises without being that different. Um, yeah, Seb. Um, 
the other thing yeah. I was going to mention is the fun element of the game. And Andy mentioned um, Luke. And for me, um, I like... I don't want to live in a world where I can't get Chris Wood into my team at some whenever I want him. And and I say that just it could be anyone. It could be Armstrong, it could be Benteke. I like to have about twelve to thirteen, you know, doesn't matter what the effect, you know, the hugely owned perhaps, but you know, just steady eddy players. And I like to take a risk with one or two. And usually for me it's a third striker, it could be a defender. It could be that fourth midfielder, but not too many. I don't have more than two or three. If I end up with more than two or three, I'll get a bit worried. But um, yeah, Seb, do you, I mean, you know, fitting in with your your narrative here, um, does that fit into your narrative? (laughs) I mean, it's a game. If that that brings you fun, do it. I mean, we spoke, was it last time on or I was on or whatever, the, the, you know, the impact of FPL on mental health? Absolutely. Like, play it the way that makes you the happiest at the weekend. And I don't mean that in a sort mm. of, oh, play it the way that makes you the happiest and unlucky you've done poorly. I mean that quite genuinely. If if the thing that brings you most joy is chasing that number one rank or whatever by any means necessary, do that. If not, if you're using it to supplement your enjoyment of football, which is the intended thing for FPL, right? It's, it's a marketing tool to get people to watch the Premier League. And I've never watched a Burnley-Brighton match without having FPL players, probably then that's the way to go. That's probably the better way to go. I think I'd have nicer weekends if uh, if I was looking for the best, most fun way to play it. Um, we've got Neil, Neil in the chat uh, from Fantasy Football Scout was saying another myth being perpetrated by me um, is that FPL is fun. <laughs> <laughs> it can be, it can be. <laughs> for sure. Um, oh, one thing I'd love to just from the chat to pick up on, and you mentioned it, Joe, is this idea of the template and someone being 86% template mm. for their team or whatever. Obviously, presumably, that takes... The number of players you have, you know, from one to one hundred percent ownership individually, and works out how many players you have compared to, you know, the greatest ownership of players. But the most owned team won't be comprised of the most owned players necessarily. They're kind of tracking two different things. So you could own, you know, if we say number one to eleven in terms of the highest owned players, regardless of price, that isn't necessarily the most owned team because, as Andy said, it's about combinations, and the highest owned combinations won't necessarily be mm. the two highest owned players, for example. Because okay. say say Salah and Mane were both 50% owned, but they're the both expensive midfielders in the game. That could be because everyone owns one or the other, not both. We had a couple of um, uh, people in the community uh, commenting on Twitter as well about this. Sergeant Frank Drebin, I don't know if it's the Frank Drebin uh, from Police Squad, but anyway, he says, uh, he, he noticed your tweet, Seb. He said, that, you know, you need differentials to climb the ranks is a myth and he saw that you posted on twitter and getting stick for it um and i did see there was a bit of lively debate on twitter from it even though you were completely right (laughs) so he very much backs you and and praz who has appeared on this show um and and other videos was saying that it's a myth exactly what we've just been talking about it's a myth that an 85 percent template team cannot rise big in ranks so it is it is showing there that you do you do not necessarily need those templates. But as 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 I've mentioned with Chris Wood, um I quite like to have one or two. I think you can get away with it. Get away without Chris Wood. Never thought I'd say that. How uh, about the flip side? What scenario would you two deliberately go for a differential? You've mentioned fun, obviously. Are there other scenarios where you would go against the the most commonly owned players on purpose? Um I would if I was only thinking about my league. And I knew that the guy in first had certain players or was very template. I might go against it. Free hits. If it's just one week, I think I might go against it then because you're kind of backing 
the well-owned players not to do well so you can gain rank there. And in game week 38, that's usually a good time as well. Game week 38, because you know you don't have to worry about it after that. And it's very rare that I go into game week 38 without bringing in somebody that I think just for that one week could do quite well. Uh, so there's probably the three just off the top of my head. I've just, it's just another tweet, another from Ali in the live chat. I think Ali's confused me with someone else. He keeps targeting me. So he said, to be fair, Joe, you take a lot more risks when it's someone else's team, i.e. the scout team that we're managing. Um, easier to advise people to take um, risks. Um, well, well, as both of you know, I, I'm not taking any risks at all with this team. I think we took one. I think Zaha was the biggest risk. The rest are like... Absolutely. The biggest risk we took was forgetting about it one week, wasn't it? Forgot about it one week. Um, <laughs> that went quite well. These, these, are, the, these are solidly template players in there. I think, yeah. um, well, basically, um, yeah, it's got Zaha in it. That's it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that is an interesting discussion there, like the psychology of your own team versus someone else's, because I'm sure you get asked on Twitter, you know, should I choose this player or that player? Should I take a hit? I find I'm always much more cautious with the advice I give other people than what I do with my own team. I'm always more likely to tell other people not to take a hit or to not make a risky transfer. And I guess maybe that's because I don't want to feel responsible for like a high, high risk move coming off or not. I try, I try and find out a bit more about what's behind it as well. So, for example, if you say, oh, shall I take a hit to get Reese James in? Um, well, yeah, probably will. It probably will pay off. It'll pay off next week and it'll probably pay off within a month. But then it might transpire they've already taken two hits already and um, they've already got double Chelsea defence. They're looking to treble up or something like that. So it all depends on what, what, what the, um, you know, the reasoning is behind it. But um, yeah, so it's quite difficult, you know, answering um, queries on, on Twitter or wherever, because sometimes we don't get the full, the full picture. But um, where, where we can, we do. But yeah, so um, sometimes we might, uh, the advice might be a bit uh, sort of basic and don't, you know, take a risk, don't take a risk. But um, but yeah, sometimes there is a bit more to it. Shall we move on to the next myth to bust? So this is my one. So I, I sort of started off with a different take on this. So anyway, I'll explain. It's about formation. And obviously a formation is based on the players. And so you have to adapt to you know whichever players you've got in front of you. So we're seeing a lot of talk this week about uh, defenders, Reese James, Chilwell, Cancelo, Alexander-Arnold. So people are thinking, well, we've got to go four at the back. Got to go five at the back. And it's sort of become at the expense of, say, three, four, three, or assuming that you you can't have three viable strikers. Not necessarily to play every week, but maybe to bench one and then bring them on perhaps, but to have that sort of flexibility. But anyway, so um, we're looking at basically the myth is that three, four, three, or indeed three, five, two are dead. And the best formations now have four at the back. And I'm saying that I think that is a myth. And I think reports of the demise of 343 have been grossly exaggerated. So I played um, a limited number of defenders at the back for years. That's the way I like it, <laughs> um, because I don't like to wait for a clean sheet. I do like the goals and assists. Now we have a system, a situation where defenders are also getting the goals and the assists. So sticking me sticking to 3-4-3 three, three could be counterproductive to me. But I think 
it's a bit of a myth to say that it's completely gone. And I know we were talking a bit about it um, uh, in our in our Twitter group before and it, about formation and is it a distraction and aren't we really just talking about players? And of course, that is what we're talking about here. And we have a situation with players where certain formation might be you know, applicable, but at other times we might need to change. And that's why I've got the likes of, say, Kane in my team because I, I, I might want a very expensive uh, front line at some point so I want to sort of have have that money invested up there um sorry Seb you look like you're about to say something I was just gonna say you're you're very big on structure and being able mm. to get where you want in yeah. a limited number of moves aren't you yes so so and, and I think that's one of the reasons I've stuck with three four three because you can move around so I I can move to a four four two or four three three and, and and all of these things if I've got a good a workable bench there and three four three sort of allows that, so you can hop on a Ronaldo or a Kane at any moment. So, um, what I did is I I, I compared myself to the number one in the world, Daniel. So a bit unfair for me that is. Um, he's number one. Um, so this is and I had a look at the FPL Statistico um, site, and I looked at I wondered what formations I I've used so far this season. And what's been the most successful? So this is me. So it shows that I have been a bit adaptable, but I am mostly sticking with 3-4-3. I've used that six times. 4-3-3 uh, three, three has been rolled out two, twice. 3-5-2 twice. 5-3-2 once. And a 4-4-2 four, four, once. Obviously, some of these are by design. And some of these are because bench players have come on uh, because of rotation or illness, etc. But my most successful strategy um, with 73.5... Uh, average it's been four three three so um that's i found that quite interesting but three four three is not too shabby with 69.7 three five two and five three two quite pretty successful as well five three two seventy one but it's four four two where whatever happened this is such a small sample obviously one game week um 42 so it's going to very much depend on the players there that those four players could have been um, Cancelo, James, Alexander-Arnold, etc. And it could have been the week they all went off. Um, one of the many weeks they all went off. So anyway, it shows me that I have been adaptable, but I'm still sticking with 3-4-3. But I looked at the world number one and I was expecting to see loads of 4-3-3s. I was expecting to see 4-4-2, 5-3-2s. Well, have a look at this. This is Daniel and his formations. 3-4-3, eight times. 3-4-3, and it's his most successful. 83.6 on average using that 343 that tried and tested 343 formation 433 is used twice 68 523 is used once 68 352 once 65 small samples i found it interesting though that this week the narrative in a lot of other in a lot of other podcasts a lot of other videos and articles etc is go big at the back Oh, forwards are hopeless. They're all washed up. Don't go for forwards. And this shows that a variety of formations are being successful this season. Um, so anyway, that's the end of my spiel. Fire away. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I really have to add is probably quite stupid. But from my point of view, it's not about formations. It's about players. And mm. obviously the players we pick make the formation. But for example, um, Andy has had success with his defence this week. He hasn't done that, though, because he thinks defenders in general are good. It's because some quite specific defenders are good, and that's how he's going to fit them in his team. Mm. To go back to his combinations point, you know, say a, a Chilwell and a cheaper midfielder is better than a more expensive midfielder and mm. a cheaper defender for him at the moment. And I think this is where real football bleeds into FPL, 
if people like Reese James, Trent Alexander-Arnold is probably the poster boy of this, Leighton Baines a little while ago, if they're going to start scoring more points, because in real life, Trent is not really a defender, if we think in no. the traditional Gary Neville defender no. sense, then of course we're going to start moving points, uh, sorry, moving our price points and uh, and our options into the defence, because that's where the points are coming from. Whereas in the past, they were coming from strikers, midfielders, whatever. And it will change again, right? You know, we'll have some injuries or Harry Kane will suddenly show up, Cristiano Ronaldo will show up again, and we'll be trying to switch our teams up again. Um, uh, yeah, um, I just wanted to uh, answer a point um, from Shani Russell in the live chat. Um, he, he got a bit lost in, in my spiel earlier. Um, apologies for that. Um, and it was it was a particular point I made. I was saying I pick 3-4-3 three, three because I can change to any formation and he didn't understand that. Um, the, the reason I say that is because um, that is um, a sort of um, a very moderate formation. It's a bit of everything. I haven't got, I'm not investing everything in five at the back and having two, um, you know, very benchable strikers. Um, what I mean is I've got, I've got my money invested up top. Um, I've got a sort of a breadth of players there that I can get. And so it means that I can move around a bit. So it means with a three four three, it's very likely that my bench players will be um, a 4.5 uh, midfielder and a 4 million and a 4.5 million defenders so with in an era where we have the likes of Livramento and we previously had say Duffy um that that's uh, I found I found that at the moment and in previous seasons to be quite flexible I hope that makes sense I've just find 343 to be quite flexible but um he also says that I'm quite defensive about it I'm not really I'm not really that I mean honestly I really don't care but <laughs> um it's just something that I found quite comfortable in playing with um Andy what do you think about formation do you do you care about it um no, not really. I think you've got to adapt based on each season and based on what you're seeing in, you know, the most recent bits that's been happening, basically. And for me, this season, I think going with four at the back makes complete sense because we've got four defenders, maybe five defenders that are just absolutely out of this world at the moment. You know, for me, I cannot see a world where you can't be owning Trent. That's got to happen. You've got you've got to own Trent. He's, the, you know, probably the, the um, one of the best players in the game, really, as well as Salah. You've got to be owning someone like Cancelo because you need some city cover in. He's just playing unbelievably well at the moment. Um, and for me, you've got to have one of Reese James or Chilwell. And to be honest, I'm starting to think you just have to have both. There's, there's, there's not a world where you can't. You know, you're, you're watching these players and it's like Trent Alexander-Arnold and um, Robertson from Liverpool all those years ago. Mm. I say all those years ago, two years ago, uh, where we were watching them thinking this is... Um, and in some ways, I think they're better. They're, be- you know, they're both getting forward into the box, having shots, which, you know, Robbo and um, and Trent were better for assists, weren't they, that year? But I just look at it and think there's four there that I'm going to rely on as well. And people are worried about rotation. Obviously, Christmas coming up, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later as well. But I just look at it personally and think four at the back for me. I I was toying with the idea of playing five at the back. I was toying with the idea of having Rudiger mm-hmm. in there as well because I've already got him. And I think you've got to adapt to it based on the fact that this season we're seeing that they are the most reliable assets when I look in midfield people talk about Jota people talk about Son people talk about Mount Havertz they're not reliable like they, they genuinely aren't they're either injured or they're they're in and out of form whereas these defenders are just killing it every week and you've got to jump on it while it's happening because look what's happened to me this week massive green arrow because I own as many as possible but um one thing I will say is and it was quite interesting when you were bringing up those formations there Joe I played 3-4-3 three, three in game week nine when I captained Havertz over Son, mm. uh, ah. over Salah. Mm. 
nothing to do with the fact my formation was three four three. It's because I made a bad decision exactly. elsewhere. So it's yeah. it's interesting to kind of try and put. Some but it would be interesting across the season because usually I, I don't really look at these formations until we're like you know thirty game weeks in because we'll have. So you would have perhaps more data about any any three four threes you use. So you better mix it up. You will have you'll have non Havertz captained weeks and yeah, yeah. and others. I just want to um thank Matthew Kent in the live chat who has explained my point far better than I did. <laughs> um which is that um is basically with a three four three and a price point strategy, you'll be you're pretty much getting a, at least the most expensive defender, most expensive midfielder, most expensive forward. And that enables that flexibility in one to two moves to hop on anyone. And that's difficult if you don't have that you know, the most expensive forward, for example. So um, thank you there, Matthew. You have explained that beautifully. Um, I've got another table to show just on the theme of, um, you know, is it a myth that the uh, certain formations are dead? Is it a myth that certain formations we should be going for? Um, so I haven't really got a, a narrative about this so people can make up their own minds. So this is the top 10 players of the last six game weeks by minutes per XGI. There are obviously other metrics available. Um, you could look at double digit halls. You could look at shots in the box, chances created, whatever you want to look Please at. Please don't look at double digit halls. Or, or anything. Or, or you can look at Rafina's nine points every week. <laughs> um, so your, your nine point halls. But nevertheless, this shows you that... Um, in terms of minutes per XGI, Firmino, if available, um, is a great option to get in here. Um, and it, it so happens to be a differential, but nevertheless, he could be well-owned. Um, but what there is, is there's one defender in this list. There are three forwards and the rest are midfielders. You would imagine there would be more midfielders because more midfielders are playing in goal-scoring roles for their teams. Um, but also, there are just simply more midfielders that you can have in your squad and uh, more midfielders in the game. Um, but yeah, I'll run down this list. We've got Firmino at the top. Then Josh King, uh, minutes per XGI. Salah, Benteke is just after him. Then Mane, Gundogan, Keita, Bowen, Alexander-Arnold and Foden. So Alexander-Arnold is the one there. And he's someone that in the captaincy video earlier today, we we're talking with Tom about if people are minded to captain a defender, um, they don't want to captain Salah for whatever reason, and they are minded to captain Defender. Um, there we go. Alexander-Arnold is the one. I don't think it is the Chelsea guys. I don't think it is Cancelo. It's Alexander-Arnold is the one I would feel most comfortable with. How about how about you? Either Seb or Andy. Over, over, to, over to you, Andy. No, no, you do it, Seb. You do it, Seb. <laughs> um, I, you've, you've let me go so much. Thank you. Um, I mean, Trent is the best. If you owned none of them, he's the one to get first. But a lot of people own Trent and you can have more than one. I guess the one thing this table doesn't take into account is the extra points that defenders will receive from, say, clean sheets, but also scoring a goal. It's worth more to them. So if we were looking at, say, expected points, you may see some defenders higher up here. Mm -hmm. Of course, the value conversation always comes in as well. There's, a, what, 50% of this list, give or take, that are probably at par or over with the cost of defenders. Now, I know diminishing returns value, it's not all that, but it is worth looking at on a squad level. Um, and then, yeah, I think the last thing I'd love to point out is Josh King there, uh, looking at minutes mm. per XGI is seriously impressive. Yeah. I was looking earlier, and Foden is in a similar sort of uh, situation where a lot of that XGI comes from a single match. I think, off this is off the top of my head, so please go check, but in the match where King scored a hat-trick, he had an XG of like 2.5 and an XA of like 0.5 or something. 
And against Brighton, Foden had like an XG of two and an XA of like 0.5 as well. In all the other matches, they're down in like the 0.5 to 0.4s, which is still absolutely fine and good enough. But those one massive anomalies, if you like, are maybe pumping up their numbers a little bit. So while it doesn't devalue King or especially Foden, it's just worth knowing, you know, some of that behind when we look at a table like this. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. What about you, Andy? Yeah, I've, I've always got to be sceptical if I'm looking at a table and Firmino's top of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, Seb's the, the king of saying about, you know, what actually matters and doesn't matter when you're looking at data and things like that. And I think minutes per XGI is interesting to look at. And I love the fact King's up there. He's somebody that I've, I've tweeted about a little bit this week. Um, for me, the, the, the ones on that list, I think they are interesting, the people that, that, that we're talking about as well. Benteke is interesting. Joe, it was obviously his differential last oh. week and he did very well. Bowen's the other one, you know, loads of people are talking about Bowen too. And I, I, I really like him moving forward. I'm actually going a little bit down the road of getting rid of Antonio and having Bowen instead, because yeah. I quite like that. I feel like Bowen's probably better value at the moment. You know I'm, Antonio's I'm, I'm looking very think, tired. I'm so starting to think I that quite as like well. It. I think, I think I said a few weeks back, if I was wildcarding that particular week, I'd probably ditch Antonio for Bowen because Bowen was was the guy who was getting the stats and getting the actual points. And but yeah. I, I haven't gone through with it. Weeks have gone by, but now could be the time. Um, but yes, yeah, tough I to get. I think earlier in the season, Andy pointed out that Bowen's numbers were matching, if not superior to Ben Rama's, but he just wasn't getting the returns. Mm. Um, right, let's move on. Um, now, I like the title of this one, but it's probably about more things. Andy, it says here, <laughs> is Keenan Davis a myth? Is Keenan Davis a myth? <laughs> yeah, so um, I didn't come up with a title, by the way. Uh, the, <laughs> the, um, so basically, we were gonna we were looking at um, the enablers. You know, do we want to have fifteen playing players now? This is very, very time dependent because we're obviously coming into Christmas now and, and fixtures are going to start really coming up. You know, as soon as I see on the um, FPL fixture list that Amazon Prime's got the games, I know that we're going into midweek fixtures. <laughs> uh, so that's obviously happening now. The big thing for me over Christmas is you've got to have players that are playing on your bench. You, even if they're not scoring a return and they've got to be playing. And obviously I look at my team and I've got Lewis Richardson for Burnley, uh, who, you know, I only found out his first name today. Um, <laughs> is he I'm a player? Is he an actual yeah. player? <laughs> and uh, oh, I know. Uh, and I'm looking at him thinking you've got to have those players playing. And when you consider the fact that we've only really got one premium at the moment that's performing consistently or performing at all um there should be funds that we can spread around our team that mean we can have playing players now i would say you can get through the christmas period with only 14 players that are playing that's absolutely fine but i do think having 15 is obviously the optimal um but what i did ask joe to do was to just have a had to have Ooh. a look at who we think are the best enablers so far so have a look at stats, okay so have a look at that kind of stuff and he's got a little bit of a table to show well, us i'll put the table up here and so yeah you can sort of go through them and you know tell us who you think's good and um and not so good I'd love to so here we go here's your table lovely so i'm just waiting because the table isn't up yet for me <laughs> <laughs> dun, uh, dun, dun, dun. I will happily jump in and fill that gap if you like. Because well, um, you're going to give the chat away, are you? No, you. Oh, what? oh yeah, you what? got you got to give give the chat away, Mister Tripwire YT. Um, oh no, I mean, no. you just got to give him a wave. There we go. Furtive. <laughs> 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 um, like like the Queen. 
Oh, goodness. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say that when you mentioned that, the reason I laughed is um, my transfer this week, or transfers, probably sums up all our myths quite well. And I think I've done bad things for all of them. But I, I've definitely brought in Keenan Davis and I <laughs> definitely now have him on my bench. And I He's feel a bad. myth. So he, thanks, doesn't, he, does, he doesn't exist. <laughs> I right. did it. What I like is I did it to get Reese James as well, who obviously uh, would be considered, real. I guess, the opposite for differential, but I don't have him or Jill well. So I've tried to move to make my team more template <laughs> by getting in a player I shouldn't and I should probably just give up now. Well, hey, Joe um, has yeah. <laughs> beautifully brought up the table here hey. of uh, the best enablers, so the best cheap players, basically. Uh, and I think there's players on here that have done consistently well as this season's gone on or are a bit of uh, in form at the moment, we should mm. say. Um, and I think there's some good players here that we should actually be considering. And, you know, Josh King and Denise as well, who are both on there, I think are great options. I genuinely think are great options. I think King is probably going to be on penalties now as well. Uh, I know Sarah's is injured, but because Sarah missed two of the penalties he took this weekend. Um, Hudson Adoy, I think, is somebody that um, I would love to have, but I think with Lukaku being out and there's somebody else that was out as well, probably means he's had more game time uh, than Timo we expected. And Timo Werner as and, well. And Pulisic and a whole bunch of them. Yeah, it's been quite a few, hasn't there? Um, and he started tonight as well. Uh, the Brentford boys obviously appear here an awful lot and actually they're being slept on and unfortunately we've all picked Mbumo like I did yeah. uh, and he was definitely not the best one to go for so players like Norgard, Canos who I'm going to be talking about later as well they've been genuinely very very consistent this year and you know Canos even this week got a 10 pointer um, so they're, they're definitely worth looking at because I think even in tough fixtures I feel like Brentford could still get us some some points um, and then as you get further down I think you're struggling a little bit because you tend to get into the defenders so for me defender differentials I don't think you really need because uh, differential sorry uh, cheap enablers uh, because um, to be honest we've all got either the big four and then Liveramento or we've got you know I don't really feel like we need it so for me, I, I genuinely like King and Denise. I feel like when Denise plays, he does incredibly well. Uh, and King, like I said, seems to be on penalties now. Mm. Obviously, that is after a very good game against Manchester United, and they won't be playing Man United every week. Uh, but then I would be looking at those Brentford boys. I would be looking at Canos. I feel like people have gone for Mbumo, and, and Canos seems to be the way forward. But uh, yeah, I just thought it was quite interesting to have a bit of a look at, basically. Mm. No, I definitely I think there's some really interesting ones there. Josh King and, and Dennis, or Denis. It is uh, Denise, isn't it? Denise. I have, I have Could no be idea. Denise. I Dennis or Denise. He, I, want, I want to say he's Nigerian, but I don't know if that provides any clues. Um, so um, <laughs> King and Dennis, I think, are great value. And I think it just... Um, anyway, we'll come... To, We'll come to my thoughts about them in a bit. But yeah, Norgard at uh, 5 million with four chances created. Nine shots inside the box. So he is a bit of a weapon, presumably at set pieces, I would imagine there. With Canos, Pinnock and Henry. These, I mean, you're talking 4.5. So these are these are regularly playing um, defenders um, in, you know, who can get some kind of attacking returns. Happy to bench, happy to play. Uh, ben Davis at 4.4 with Tottenham, I think is quite interesting, regularly playing. Uh, Moda at Brighton, um, he's he's had a lot of starts. He's getting a lot of starts, Polish international. Um, yeah, Moda's a funny one. He's somebody I had on my uh, list at the beginning of the year as to one to watch um, because I wanted to see how he got on this year because he played in the Euros as well, didn't he? For, mm. Is he Polish? Yeah. Is it Poland? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it is, isn't it? Um, and yeah, he's, he's a good little player, but it's just interesting. I feel like 
there are options. Yeah. There are options of players that are playing. And, I, you know, when someone like me that's got a 4.5 million striker on the bench that is never seeing the light of day, I just think it's quite an interesting one. Well, to I think, at. you know, they're playing, but we might need them. Um, now, I am, uh, well, I, it, usually before I do a meet the manager video, or rather I've recorded it and it goes out, I don't sort of tell people, but it just sort of appears magically. Um, but um, thanks to uh, uh, FPL Partridge's social media skills, uh, he put up a tweet about it <laughs> today, which is now deleted. So it, we, we, I'm interviewing Greyhead and it was a fascinating chat. And one of the things that he mentioned to me was that by this time last season, from in my team, uh, I'd had one of my bench players coming on. So I had a pretty nailed on rotation proof 11. This season, eight. And I'm experiencing that most weeks. I'm getting one, maybe two um, of these guys are coming on for me. Uh, each each week um, so already already we're needing quite a deep bench and we're not even into Christmas yet we have, we're not even into a stage where for tonight Reese James and Chilwell uh, have started um, then they play Manchester United then they play Watford I mean we're talking within a week that is all happening um, more fixtures coming coming thick and fast so they're going to miss one of those matches I'm sure of it um, so we're going to need we're going to need Henry, we're going to need Pinnock, Canos, Josh King, Dennis, Norgard, all of these guys here. Um, but if we're sitting there with Keenan Davis, or I know Seth has got him in now, um, but if we're sitting there with Street, um, the, um, the mythical Palace striker, who I don't believe exists, <laughs> if we're sitting there with, with, with them in our team, um, we might not be getting access to potentially some nice points off our bench um but so we said you stick 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 a fork in me are you, um, i didn't um, know obviously when I'll, we did this i didn't know you were gonna get keen oh no that's, that's all good i quite like them i transferred like ties into them um allow me to defend my position Alajo. so mm. my transfer was uh williams 4.0 defender who plays sporadically for norwich to reese james and who did i do to i did even tony to uh to Kinnan Davis. So I've effectively swapped one playing player for another. Mm. My bench currently has Jimenez and Rafinha on it, um, I believe. Or whoever it is. Okay. Might be uh, someone else. Uh maybe Livermento this week actually. But either way I have fourteen play well, I guess thirteen and a goalkeeper back up to Sanchez. So thirteen playing players, cover for Sanchez, and then one cheap enabler. Andy mentioned optimal when he was talking about it. I would argue that, I mean, it's a knife edge thing for sure, but I would argue that that is about optimal going forward. I could well be proven very, very wrong, and that might be luck or it might be poor judgment on my half, but I'm very happy to get some of that money back into my team. I did Brownhill to Son a couple of weeks ago, which obviously then suddenly meant mm. I had a lot of money on the bench. So I've kind of just reversed that team structure a bit now with this move. Um, I just wanted to mention Tony in the chat. Uh, apparently, the street with Palace is quality. Um, so thanks a lot, Tony. Uh, well done. Um, yeah, Andy, back back to you in this this lovely list here. Um, so who's yeah. on who's on your bench at the moment? Who who have you got your eye on over the festive rotation period, well, which mean, isn't a myth. Livramento is constantly first on my bench, uh, which I think is perfect. I think I put out a tweet a couple of weeks ago saying you know, wouldn't you prefer for your first player on your bench to always get you six points? Knowing that blanket's there is lovely. And I know he doesn't always get it, but he get, he's done very well, obviously. Uh, so yeah, he's he's always first on my bench. I've actually got Antonio on my bench at the moment. 
but it will be someone like Mbumo probably moving forward because I think those Brentford players are very, very good bench options to yeah. bring on if you need them. Um, and then it's about that striker. And I think I think having that playing striker third on your bench is quite a nice option. And I think those Watford boys are obviously a good way to go. Um, people are taking the mickey out of the way I'm pronouncing Denise, so I'm going to go... Dennis, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I feel like they are they are good options to have. Anybody where they've fallen in price and they're below that four point five, I think has to be considered. So obviously Ben Davis is a good one. I've always had a hot, hot spot for Lascelles. I don't know why. I just mm. love the fact that he always plays and obviously he scored this week as well. Um, so any of those kind of players, I think I think are great. It's, people on the uh, in the chat are saying, you know, these players aren't going to haul for you. They're not going to come on and no. get a haul. You know, the, those chances are very low, but. The, the chance of them getting a two-pointer or a three-pointer can be the difference between, you know, a small green arrow to a slightly bigger green arrow. It, it can be a big difference. You know, I've lost a mini-league once by one point, and it can be the difference between a sub coming on for you for two or a sub coming on for you for zero. It genuinely can. So, uh, you know, look after the pennies and the pounds will look after themselves, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, this isn't even looking at ownership. I mean, the, all of these players could be, like, Livermento is hugely owned. Um but you know, it, we're not really. It's not really ownership. It's just their their price and the, the enablers and 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 that we might need, as Andy was saying, those, those two points or three points coming. Or in Lascelles case, it could be a goal. It could be a goal there. Yeah. So you know, five shots inside the box over the last six is is not bad for a four point four defender at and Newcastle. I'll also say as well, when they do haul and they come off your bench, you will remember it for yeah. years. Like I used to remember, <laughs> I had Zanka when he was at Huddersfield. And he came off the bench for it. And it was the first time he'd ever come into my team. And he scored a goal that week and kept a clean sheet. And it just, I, I still remember it now. And that was what? When was he playing for Huddersfield? Years ago. So, yeah, there you go. It does happen. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Moy for me. And uh, Cody this season. I got one of his goals. One of his ah, two go. a season um, off the bench. And yeah, I'll always remember that. I'll remember that more than a Salah brace. Because that happens every week. It's getting boring exactly. now. Exactly. Um, I tend to I tend to go for a cheap bench more often than not. So the best I can offer you is George Boyd when he when he turned into Boydinho oh, for a bit. Wow. That's that's all I had. Um, I'd love to answer a question in the chat if I may. Yeah. FBL Gaza asks. So I saw I've got Kevin Davis, uh, Davis who's four point four. Uh, Joffrey Gohart is four point five. I think from Leeds as a forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, just ask why I haven't got him as a Leeds fan. The caveat to everything I'm about to say is I'd say I'm probably quite a pessimistic Leeds fan. We saw last season that frankly the Leeds options messed me up. I was too slow to getting them and reluctant. You know, I, I probably think we're worse than we are generally. So everything I'm about to say might be me just being pessimistic. But in real life, Gohart is an awesome player. He's probably the second best player in our academy in the moment behind a, well, in terms of relative ability behind Archie Gray, who's 15. Um, he is on the verge of the first team. He's been in the squad for a little while, traveling with them and stuff. But it's taken a very long time for him to actually get any minutes at all for the first team. He's been a long time on the bench. And Bielsa does that. We've had a player in the past who spent 40-odd matches on the bench before he ever got a minute for the first team. We know Bielsa likes a tight first-team squad. We know he has his favourites, and it takes a long time for him to switch that up. Pascal Strauch, who's probably our best defender, took half a season to get in the team. Uh, You look at Shackleton, who I love, who's a midfielder. He plays at right-back when Luke Ayling is injured. And then Stuart Dallas played there this weekend as well. I think Shaq might have been injured. But the point being, it really takes a lot for a youngster to get in our first team. And then with all of that said, Gohart did start this weekend, but that's because Bamford is out, Rodrigo is out, who both could play in that spot, and Rafina was out ill, which meant Dan James, who had been playing up front, moved back to the right. So while he's a wonderful option in reality, I'm not sure he's an FBL option at the moment, other than just fodder. And if you're getting fodder, save you 0.1 million. 
Um, I saw Bamford's back in training at the moment. Now, as a as a keen uh, student of Bielsaology, um, back in training, does that mean he's he's likely to play next week, or does that mean that he's gonna gonna have to go ten I, years of intensive um, murder ball or whatever it is I'd before we can probably start? Probably wait for him to play for the under twenty threes. So Bielsa has rushed back people like Bamford and Cooper, like pretty senior players in the past. But usually they will turn out for the under twenty threes first. Like Lorente's done that, Phillips has done that. So I'd maybe keep an eye on that, but you know he could well get back into the team because he's he's probably our most important player in terms of system. Like even beyond yeah. Calvin yeah. Phillips, you watch us attack when he's not in the team, and it just doesn't work. I mean, it did in the first half against Spurs, but how long has it taken for that to work since he's been injured? And then Spurs stopped it. And um, and what's the latest with Rafinha? Well, he, he's, he's ill. Is that, I mean, do you um, know you any more on that? Probably know as much as me. Um, so I don't think it's COVID because I think we would have mentioned that. So it does just sound like illness. So I'd hope this weekend. But we do know that while Bielsa tells the truth in press conferences, he's good for that. We do know sometimes he's maybe a little vague. He's probably too truthful. And, you know, if he doesn't know the answer to something, he just tells you he doesn't know. And I don't think we've had much information beyond that on Rafina. So... I hope he's back, he's in my team, but I don't think we have confirmation. Um, I mean, going back to all the issues we've been talking about, differentials and formations and enablers, um, Bamford, I, for the same reason I don't want to be live in a world where I can't get Chris Wood in my team, uh, I don't want to live in a world where I can't get Patrick Bamford or Calvert-Lewin as well, um, which is one of the reasons I probably am still holding on to Antonio because he's a sort of a Bamford-shaped player in my team if I need to um but yeah I mean I just mentioned that because people need to be aware that obviously the likes of Calvert-Lewin and Bamford are coming back and you know let's remember these are you know these have been good assets for us in the past um so hopefully they can again um before we move on to um looking at the fixtures I've got my goals imminent table just to this you know, this hasn't got any sort of enablers as t- such but it's got one actually um so let's see um so this is the latest. This is um, last four fixtures. So these, you know, I've sort of separated it through um, various metrics to do with uh, expected goals, etc. But essentially, they've shot a lot <laughs> at goal and haven't scored much. So we're looking at reasons why. Um, Abamyang is top at the moment, nine point nine um, up against Newcastle next. So a good um, a good option if you still have him. Don't, I, I would not get rid of him this week. Bowen is second there, so lots going from Bowen. Rashika, Norwich. Now, Norwich um, are a team that could also be a nice source of cheap um, enablers there. So Rashika could be there. Andy, uh, Rashika? No, no. No. Okay, fair enough. No. Uh, we've got Daniel James. I love how you just handed that over to Andy. like, Andy, Rashika? No. Rashika. Uh, Daniel James, Havertz, uh, Callum Wilson. Perhaps Callum Wilson will get a bigger mention next week show um after you've got arsenal Shotgun. out of the way um uh, ronaldo who could get a bigger mention soon should the interim 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 managers of the interim manager assistant uh, in whatever once they've all once they've got themselves sorted out ronaldo could be a nice option when manchester united's fixtures improve and they have some kind of team that's um you know worth getting uh armstrong my man adam armstrong i think it's time for adam armstrong to leave though um, uh, although you know the stats say that there could perhaps more come from him, but I can't see that at Liverpool. Uh, Tony, who Seb's just got rid of, um, perhaps more to come. But you know, t- twelve goal attempts with nine inside the box, five on target, pretty is pretty good. But 
there does seem I don't know Seb why what um, other people with Tony might be thinking of getting rid of him why what 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 eventually um, persuaded you that you can live without Tony sure so if I recall his XG isn't good despite those you know decent quantity mm. of shots there yeah. the quality isn't really there uh, last time I looked I do have Mbuma as well so I do have some Brentford attacking yeah. coverage, if you like. I prefer Mbuma in terms of an option, in terms of price, in terms of potential points, and his numbers are a bit better, despite the fact that he can't flipping not hit a post. Uh, and the Brentford boys were basically a fixtures play for me, mm. which is kind of coming to a close now. You know, I got some points from Tony in the end, which was fine. Mm. I think my forward line is Jimenez, Tony, and Antonio. And if I was going to lose one of them to mean I could get James in, Tony was the one I selected. Okay, yeah. No, just interesting because I... I Tony's now. I've seen him in a lot of teams, and and people might be getting sort of itchy toes, Tonys, whatever about him. <laughs> so um, just before we move on to fixtures, I've, remember we've got loads. We've got a few more community myths here. So what I'll do is I'll read these out. These are these are myths from the community. Um, so that I'll sort of fire them off. I sort of I'll alternate it so that we can sort of speed through uh, bits. So let's go with you, Andy, first. The myth from HY Liverpool and many others. Um, don't captain defenders. Um, and he's suggesting that Cancelo, Arnold, Chilwell, uh, TAA uh, are all valid. What do you think? Is it myth myth or not myth? Uh, I, I think it's slightly less of a myth uh, this year. And I think you can captain defenders this year. But we got to remember, we got, we got Salah sitting there as the best player in the league at the moment. So, uh, yes, the problem with captain and defenders, and I've done it once or twice as well, uh, is that they only takes a mistake that is nothing to do with them and all of a sudden they've got two points uh, and it is an absolute killer because I can tell you now there will not be many people that we that are captain in defenders like you are so if you see it and you think it's going to happen and it pays off then lovely but uh, I can probably count with one hand how many times I have captained a defender in the last couple of years so yeah there's probably a reason for that and uh, you need to you need to plug your Cancelo shout this week though yeah, no, I did say, uh, yeah, I went with Cancelo this week in a, in a thread thing and it obviously came off quite well, <laughs> uh, but I won't go on about it too much. Um, uh, Red Hot Chili asks, uh, don't take a hit for a defender. That's the myth there. So, Seb, do you think that's a myth or not a myth? I mean, I'll take the the boring answer of it kind of depends on the defender, right? You know, if you're, if you're desperate to get in Trent, your defence is falling apart and he's got Norwich next or something, maybe it is worth it. It's probably slightly less worth it than all the rest of the teams uh, players in your team. But as we discussed earlier, someone like Rhys James, someone like Trent, if they would, if they were midfielders, would you suddenly be okay taking a hit for them? If yes, then it's fine taking a hit for them as a defender. But I guess to lean on Andy's answer a bit, because we know their points can disappear in a moment and psychologically, psychologically, right? Their, their points appear for a bit at sixty minutes and then disappear. You're watching a whole match, hoping something doesn't happen, as opposed to hoping something does happen. It can be a bit tougher. So. After goalkeepers, they'd probably be bottom of my list, but it is going to defend, de- defend. There we go. Depend on the player. Um, Andy, this one is is fitting for your Christmas enablers. Um, Major League Shocker asks, uh, bench, uh, this is the myth that benching headaches are a terrible thing. Um, and he's wondered, should we in fact be embracing them this year? So, um, yeah, yeah. 100%. You, you, you want your bench to get points. You want your squad to get points. That's the whole point. If, you're, if your bench wasn't getting points, all of a sudden you don't have options in your team. Like mm. you, you want to have picked good players. And I, I hate it when people say people get lucky when they get benches off, you know, points mm. off the bench. If 
don't get me wrong, if you bench Rudiger and you played, um, I don't know, Williams from Norwich, then yeah, obviously you don't deserve those points. But uh, you want your squad to do well. You want your whole 15 to do well because then you've got options all around the pitch. So yeah, I think that's a yeah, big one. Um, in, in the live chat, Simon is saying that he's going to take a hit for uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold this week. Well, it, it, exact case in point, it could pay off there. Um, so um, yeah. Just to go back to that, don't take a hit for a defender point. Um, I'm going to I'm going to answer this one quickly because it's just a myth. <laughs> um, Circus Monkey never captained someone in the first fixture. Yes, it has absolutely no bearing on these things. Many many times I have captained <laughs> Salah, Van Persie, Drogba, whoever, Wayne Rooney. They've all done me well wherever they play <laughs> just during the week. Caveat to that though, oh, yeah. if they play on a Wednesday in Champions League and then they play Saturday morning because oh. of some stupid fixture congestion, it can have a little bit of an impact there. Yes, definitely. Um, uh, yeah, actually, actually, I guess that is a point. That although I have done that with Salah though. Um, yeah. Uh, but but then, so, I guess it depends on the player though. So certain players they're just so fit. It's just ridiculous. Um, Antonio plays on a Thursday night and then plays on Saturday. I'm not going to go anywhere near captaining him, but um, yeah, Salah maybe. Um, and can someone in the chat please uh, just trim that little clip of Joe going? Some players are just so fit. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's just so fit. It's just ridiculous. Uh, well, someone just mentioned to be that. Fair. Uh, <laughs> Joe just died. This is from Shani Russell again. Joe just died a little inside as Andy said he likes and want, wants points on his bench. Uh, he dies uh, a little inside whenever I talk. To uh, I don't, I don't <laughs> oh, at no. all. I've, I've often got um, points on my bench. I don't mind that at all. I prefer to have that than not own them because then I can just bring them in my team. It saves me a transfer. Um, so, um, uh, Seb, the last one uh, is, is one here. Um, Mish asks, Mane is not worth owning as because you would you won't captain him. You can, you know, transfer oh, throw, Mane throw to Throw this anyone. one over to Andy because I know he spoke oh. about Mane earlier in the season. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I absolutely love it. We, we've literally spoken about combinations tonight and I think I think Mane is, I, I, I think he's the other premium to own, personally. I think Liverpool and the, the only problem is, obviously, you're then going to be taking both of them out when they both go to AFCON later on. But uh, I, I think the combination of Salah and Mane, we saw it this week, I mean, yeah, if you've got both, you'll be very, very happy this week, especially Captain and Salah each week. So, yeah, I, I love Mane. Um, Mish also asked this one. I'll, I'll answer this one. He said, and people who don't make transfers are casuals. Um, we could be better off leaving our teams alone. And, yes, I, I totally agree with that. That's something I completely agree with. I still have Sa in my team, for example. <laughs> um, FPL Dino asks, uh, always back the fixtures. That is the worst myth, he thinks. He said, he said we should back form. So, yeah. Seb, always back in the fixtures, a myth? I will happily say that. Yeah, I know. Andy knows. Say the line. Say the line, Seb. Say the line. (laughs) Toe the line. Form form doesn't doesn't exist. It's not a thing. It's a myth. Um, You can back player quality. You can back circumstances. You can even go for psychology and confidence and all that stuff if you want those intangibles. But, I mean, I say form doesn't exist. It's not been proven to exist. It has been... How to, how to phrase it has so far failed to be proven to exist when people have tried to prove it exists so yeah form's not a thing so is Reese James in form or not so I, I mean <laughs> coincidentally I put another shallow silly post together on Twitter earlier which just sort of highlighted some players returns in FPL recently Vardy's a really good example hmm. so Vardy was scoring lots of goals and then he stopped but he was scoring lots of goals so he was in form so how come he stopped you may be able to find explanations from that, and that's absolutely fine. But the thing here is that we can't use form to predict future returns. And a few little studies have been done, 
And they basically showed that actually when a striker scores in their previous match, they seem less likely to score in the next one if we look back historically over how many consecutive games they score in. So that was what I was referring when I was saying Mm. form hasn't been proven to exist. It might exist, but so far no one can find evidence for it. I think it's an easy psychological thing that we lean on. And it does, it's a useful descriptive word for like a player who has been doing well in a small patch or something. But for FBL predictive purposes, it's entirely useless. You've just blown my mind. And um, and that's that's good. That's a, that's a good thing. Because um, it has... Um, yeah. Oh, no. I know. I've got all these pictures of stats on the screen and I'm thinking, using them to predict future returns and... Hmm. Um, oh no, no, but, that, but that, that's fine. So no, no, like no. I, know I, agree, I actually agree with you. You've sort of altered my reality, <laughs> and uh, I agree with you. Actually, I guess I will shut up then. No, no, <laughs> I'm on it. Um, FPL. Um, no, Praz. I'll just finish with these ones here. Um, never take hits. <laughs> it's quite simple. Uh, is a myth. Um, never take early transfers. Um, he's saying that's a myth um, and never bench boost in a single game week any any thoughts on those uh, yeah I mean it's because you're using words like never that's the problem like never bench boost in a single game week like you can look back through your entire season and say oh that's when I should have done it but of course you're just playing the odds aren't you so obviously in a double game week you're probably more likely to get more returns but there's, there's other ways of playing the game as well. Lots of people have used their bench boost now, so they don't have to worry about it later on and worry about using moves up to do it and all that kind of stuff. So there's so much that goes with it. It's basically use the bench boost when you think you're going to get the most points on your bench. That's, that's as, as simple as it is. Um, and usually we don't have a clue when that is. So Yeah, okay. Let's move on to fixtures. Now, that seeing as my, my mind's been blown <laughs> about form... Um, Let's get the next four fixtures up. So fixtures, I'm hoping fixtures are still, they seem to be a good predictor of form. They certainly, they've certainly worked with my Southampton lads and, and those who own Livramento have been doing ever so well. No coincidence, they've had good fixtures. Um, Chelsea have been doing really well. Great fixtures as well. Um, anyway, so here's here's the fixtures here. We'll get, we'll get your views. So Tottenham are top. Um, Burnley, Brentford, Norwich and Brighton. It's probably wishful thinking there, but... Um, that form will follow these fixtures. But um, I think more lack of ketchup in the canteen might do more. Um, Leicester, Watford, Southampton. Um, no, sorry, yeah, Watford have got... Leicester have got Watford, I'll say it again. Leicester have got Watford, Southampton, Villa and Newcastle. That's a really great run. But, yeah, what do we think about Leicester? Because fixture-wise, they've got great fixtures. And if it's difficult to predict form... And form doesn't even exist anyway. <laughs> um, what do we do with Leicester then? Because should we should we get any of their players in? Or so I guess, like obviously, just to be you know, I don't want to try and cause controversy where there isn't any. When we the, the word form is completely valid, it's a good descriptive term for things that have happened in the past. It's just not useful or doesn't exist mm. for predicting the future because the only thing we know for sure about form is it always ends. Salah will stop scoring at some point, and you can't predict when that's going to be. But when we're looking at, say, a team being out of form or in form, we're usually just saying that in the last few, they have performed, say, above expectations consistently. That's entirely fair enough. And, you know, is a much quicker way of describing it than I've just done, which is why the word exists. So over to Leicester, it would be fair to say they are out of form or in form and then use that to say, OK, how do we think they will then fare in good fixtures? 
Now, personally, I believe that fixtures are a very large part of whether a team will perform above or below their previous level going into those fixtures. So I look at Leicester's fixtures and I, I do think those are attractive. Although, I mean, you know, Southampton nice and blue there. Southampton away, they can turn up well sometimes. We'll, we'll mm. ignore the 9-0. And I probably can find better options for my team than Leicester players at the moment. Mm. But if you did want to jump back on a Jamie Vardy, we saw it early in the season when no one had him. He had good fixtures and he returned. Maybe it happens again. Um, moving down the list as well, we've got Newcastle, uh, we've got Arsenal next, but then they've got this great run of Norwich, Burnley and Leicester, the uh, out of form, if it exists. And then Brentford's fixtures, they're still still quite good. Everton, this is, I think the Everton one is a good fixture for defence and attack. And then Tottenham um, remains to be seen. Then Leeds and then Watford. I, I, I mean, anything anything could happen in those. But um, I think they've, they've, they've got potential for Brentford to get returns. Um, Liverpool, I mean, does it really matter with Liverpool? But they've got Southampton, Everton, Wolves and Villa. Um, good fixtures. <laughs> um, City got West Ham. Does it matter with them either? Villa, Watford and Wolves. And then Burnley. So my man, Chris Wood. Uh, Tottenham, Wolves, Newcastle and then West Ham. But, you know, right at the bottom there, Aston Villa. They've got Crystal Palace next. Um, very promising signs from Stephen Gerrard's... Um, start as a manager there against Brighton um, so they've got Crystal Palace next but then they've got a pretty bad one they've got City Leicester you never know and then Liverpool so as soon as you see Chelsea and Liverpool City Liverpool that kind of thing in a run of four you think oh, I'm not going to get too many returns there I don't think um, and Watford I like the look of and we'll come to them in a sec but Leicester, I think, is a good fixture for them. Chelsea, Man City are not. <laughs> and then Brentford. And then their fixtures get quite good. Um, so um, with all this in mind, um, let's pick some differentials. Um, yeah, so uh, Seb, do you want to go first? Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, certainly. Well, seeing as Mane is banned. No, he's not banned. Um, he's not banned. It's a myth. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a myth. Nice. I will go for a 4.2% owned player who was playing Newcastle in the first fixture of the day. There you go, captain him. Um, and he appeared, was it top of your goals imminent table, I believe? Oh, he is. In put it back Alabama up. Yank. Oh, okay. So let's put it, yeah, put that table up there. There he is. 11 goal attempts, just one goal. Last four. So yeah, returns imminent. Good good choice. Yeah, I can't, can't argue with that. No, he's 89.9 now. What was he? He was about 11 or something. Was he 11? No. Uh, I'll have 10. what he started at. He started at... 10 so oh, he's 10. only no, oh he went 9.9 he went back up to 10 and now he must have dropped That's 10, like, I guess. Um, people probably moved him to Kane after not scoring for a it's few like when I go in Poundland and I see somewhere for 99p I think ooh bargain uh, yeah but, yeah exactly yeah. exactly um, so uh, Andy who is your differential yes so my differential is Canos from Brentford ooh. so I feel like uh People have not gone in boomer. I can, I said mentioned about Brentford's fixtures not being quite as nice now, and I feel like their fixtures. But I think I think their fixtures are fine. Next four, yeah, I, I, I do, think they're I absolutely do as well, fine. Yeah. So I look at them and think that he can definitely still get returns. I feel like he, rather than Bumo, who everybody's been going mm. at, because obviously he's playing out of position, yeah. it, it's Canos that seems yeah. to be getting the returns. So uh, for me, I think he's only two percent owned, and he's definitely worth having a look at. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I think all of the Brentford players, I think there's huge value for there. And you're going to bench them some weeks and they can be your first sub or whatever. But yeah, look at that. I mean, I've got, I've got the Brentford goalkeeper. I don't know how, but I still happen to have him. Um, but I'm really happy to play him um, for Everton. Tottenham, less so. 
But Leeds and Watford, you never know. You never know. Um, so yeah, my um, one is not is is someone who's actually who's got poor overall fixtures the next four, but I think they're a good player to get in, and that is Josh King. He's five point six. He's four percent owned, and I'm thinking about future planning. Really, um, good fixtures very soon, and he's a good first part sub. He's very playable this week. Um, then you can bench him, Chelsea and City, and then you can bring him in for Brentford and the start of a very good run, which coincides with the start, really, of the festive fixture period, really. Um, and, well, I, I can't remember which, which formation it was here. So, uh, top 10, let's go for this one. Uh, yeah, there we go. I'll just do this one. This is the last six. Um, yeah, over the last six, he's had um, seven big chances. Um, he's had a minutes per XGI's every 103 Eight minutes. It's created seven chances. He scored four goals. Um, these are great returns. Um, very, very. Um, I'm very, very keen to get him in, and I'm very tempted to move Antonio to him, play him this week, then just bench him, and then I've got a nice first sub, a really good first sub, I think, and then I can just bring him in uh, for those fixtures there and saves the transfer down the line because I think people might look at. Watford enablers a bit further down the line um, for their attacks there. So um, last four game weeks, he's done very well as well. Uh, top for big chances with seven uh, still. Top for goals with Salah and Cornet on a four. Um, second for shots in the box. Joint second for shots on target. And top for XG non-penalty. Um, so yeah, Josh King, I think is great. Um, I think Dennis is sort of the same sort of player. Uh, for the purposes of this, we tend to go for sort of an ultra differential, but he is around 10% owned. And still still a differential, I would say. So if you can't afford Josh King and you're looking for a cheap first sub bench player, wheel him out against Leicester, Dennis yeah, as well. I'd, I'd love just to add there as well, because obviously I mentioned King mm. earlier and saying, oh, his numbers are massively inflated by one match. Mm. If you take that match out, his numbers are still good. Yeah. I'm not trying to scare him yeah, off. Yeah. It's just a, just about understanding where they come from. Mm. So, yeah, I agree with you, Joe. Sounds sounds good to me. Yeah, I think it's good. Um, it's, it, it's the price as well. It's just the price, because then I just think I'm not sure what I can do. But so, um, yeah. Well, I, let, I let, managed to managed to get to the differentials. I'm going to have to go and put baby to sleep. Oh, OK. I'm so sorry. Okay. That's fair enough. Sorry, boys. Fair enough. Uh, okay. uh, it always, it always, when it gets to just over an hour and a quarter, I always struggle, so I'm going to okay. have to go. Okay, I, I'll, do your, I'll do your team bit for you. Thank uh, you. <laughs> okay. Cheers, boys. Okay. Cheers, Andy. Lovely to uh, do it with you again. Yeah, bye. Okay, right, yo. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to temporarily um, put me up on screen and then um, remove me. Um, so... Show self view. Oh, are we, we, are we playing the, mul- the multiple Joes again? And then there we go. And uh, we have a nice fancy football scout logo where Andy should be. There. Oh, so that's gorgeous. good. So let's move on to our team. So I'll do I'll do Andy's one first. So this is Andy's team coming up. So I don't know what his plans are. I'm assuming he's going to stick with his captaincy. Um, so he has got Saar in goal, Alexander Arnold, Rudiger, Chilwell, Cancelo in a 4 5 1. So we're talking about formations. So he's an example of looking at different formations. Um, Salah captain, Mbomo, Son, Foden, Saka and Tony. There's a lot. Of... Chelsea allegedly have a poor fixture against Manchester United. I think not. Um, Cancelo allegedly has a poor fixture against West Ham. I think not. Um, so I would say that's a pretty 100% blue fixture ticker 
team there. So I, with Antonio's his first sub, uh, Livramento, the mythical Richardson there as well, and Steer, who is no longer a myth, he exists and has played, uh, albeit once. Um, um, this is a good team. I think this is a great team. So I hope he's not going to make any changes. Yeah, I mean, we were talking earlier about what would you advise other people to do, riskier or mm. safer? I don't know if he's got two free, free transfers. If he doesn't, I would roll and have two frees next yeah, week. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he could optimise, but this looks good to me. And he's got, you know, if Cancelo gets rotated for the first time this season, he's got Antonio Livramento. I like it a lot. Yeah, definitely. Um, here's my one. Um, this is this looks awful at the moment. <laughs> um, lots of red, lots of flags. So Jota was seen in training today, so that's one flag less, uh, hopefully. Rafina, hopefully he's going to get better, so that's another flag less um Saar hopefully he's going to get better so there's another flag less I do have two free transfers so at the moment I'm looking at a sort of a 4-4-2 uh Fernandez Alexander-Arnold Chilwell Cancelo Cody who has Norwich away um and then Salah captain Rafinha Jota Saar up front I've got Kane I have Armstrong in there I'm not playing Armstrong against Liverpool Armstrong's there because one of Armstrong or Antonio is going to go to Josh King, I think. Joe, allow me to interrupt you there and mm. say, have you seen the chat? Oh, what's it saying? It sounds like Chilwell is down and um, probably oh. not likely. I've, I've not oh. got the match on, so okay. I'm not sure. But that may affect your plans going forward. Rightio. Okay. I have two free transfers. What's Chilwell's price? Five points, something or other? Uh, I think it's six now. It's probably a very easy move to Bruce James. Well, that's it. it. That's simple it. then. Yeah. Um, and then Bruce James will get arrested I, I was and gonna... uh, you'll use Antonio anyway. No, I was going to say... What I was going to do is what um, I was probably going to do Antonio to uh, Josh King or Dennis, uh, but probably Josh King and then upgrade whichever of Livermento or Cody to Reese James. So I would get Reese James in. That would be for free. Um, Livermento is going to be permanently on my bench for a while now. Um, uh, Cody I'd like to play this week so as you can see I was looking at getting Reese James in um, as well as Chilwell's if Chilwell is out then yeah that's easy um, yeah. I mean, apparently he's off injured yeah, um, I've not seen the extent of it so I, I hope he's okay but from an FPL point of view I guess it just changes the order of your moves really you can do a similar yeah. thing in a different way um, so basically in a way that's that's slightly better for my team, but I do feel sorry for anyone who gets injured. So, um, chill world to James, done, and and I'll might and and then Armstrong to um, Josh King, and then Antonio will come back in. So Antonio will get a reprieve because of that probably. Um, but let's worth, see. Worth noting, Andy's got Chilwell as well, and I think he has Reese James, doesn't he? So, mm. but we mentioned his bench was good, so he may be happy to hold. Yeah, yeah, he's he's got a very strong bench. Um, I. I don't know what it'll do there. Um, I guess, I guess it, if Chilwell is out for a while, and of course we hope he you're, isn't. You're going to say the name, aren't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Were you, so I've stolen off. No, no, no. You. no, you are, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, it's the tempter. It's the tempter. But I think Alonso, Reese James, uh, is only going to be one winner there. <laughs> that's going to be Reese James. Um, so yeah, that's my move. So yeah, it's one of these ones where it's very, very much up in the air. This team will look very, very different. I don't want anyone to look at that and go, Joe, you're mad. Armstrong against Liverpool. That's just not going to happen. I've just sort of put in there because it's going to be another striker, probably. Um, so yeah, moving on to your team. Um, yeah, take us through your team and your transfer thoughts. You've already, you already made a transfer. 
yeah i've i've made two transfers no. um and uh and yeah the, the the myth if you like of not making any transfers because of injuries well we've just had one but fortunately from my point of view it wasn't my player i bought him Rich james so my team is sanchez in goal alexander arnold cancelo james and rudiger at the back mm-hmm. i've had rudiger for a while if i was wildcarding now or something yeah i'd get the wing backs but yeah. i'm very happy to keep rudiger and add james as opposed to make that swap Salah is my captain with Son Vice, and then I have Foden, Rafina, and Mbuma in midfield, and Jimenez as the lone striker against Norwich with a bench of Steele, Antonio, Davis, and Libermento. Okay, so that's 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 been and done. Um, so that's um, yeah, looking good. It's looking. I, good, I like it. it. I mean, mm. I do wonder if I could have used the wild card a couple of weeks ago to get the defenders sooner than I have them now, and maybe you know steal a few points on other people. But I'm content enough. I have a team I'm happy with. And I'm kind of just looking for an opportunity to use the wild card, you know. Man United's fixtures in 16, but we know at the moment they're terrible. So mm. not really sure what I'm going to do with it. Yeah, no, I mean, I think this is this is going to be an unusual week. Um, with uh, Chilwell is is I think m- more is more highly owned than James. So I mean, I, I think thought, I thought it was James. It could be James uh, now, I can have a little but I think it was. Yeah, I might I might be like a week or two out of date there. But Chilwell's very very. I think I might be looking at m- my own. Um, effective ownership around where my team uh, is in the rankings. I uh, mean, it's worth saying for anyone listening that you know the, the percentage you see on the FPL website is out of all eight and a half million managers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What's more relevant really is you know the bracket you're in. You know, if you're yeah. if you're in the top ten k or top hundred k, yeah. you don't care what manager number eight million mm. is doing. Yeah, definitely. He's he's very highly owned where where I am, my neck of the woods. Um, so yeah, I think them and me, <laughs> let's just just move to James. That's just going to happen. Um, I, I think that that pretty much cements James playing as well. You would imagine it's Manchester United because not only is is he needed, um, but uh, if Chilwell's not there, I can't see him going with both backup wing backs. I think that's the thing. Do you think it really affects James? Because I get Alonso is a you know is a decent mm. enough substitute, and I think James will play versus Man United. Yeah. I'd wonder if it's the Watford match he might miss. Yeah, but we've seen him change them. But you know, he almost does it in pairs. He almost ah, changes them both yeah. at the same time. Okay. So I don't know if it might affect might affect James or not. I think it's an independent decision. Okay. Really. Okay. Well, I'd be I'd be I I fully anticipate missing a game, but I don't yeah. think it'll be this one. I hope not. Anyway, but even so, if it is, then I'd more than happy to field Reese James against Watford. Uh, that'd be good. Um, Seb, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much to Andy in his absence um, as well. Um, yeah, um, hopefully um, we've busted some myths. Hopefully we've secured some myths. Um, I I was quite surprised that my thing on formation caused such a, a stir. I'm really not massively defending um, a three uh-huh. at the back. I'm more defending my right to get Chris Wood in. That's more what I'm <laughs> talking about. Um, your then. right to uh, your right to get Wood. Uh, but in the me- <laughs> in the meantime, uh, <laughs> it's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. Uh, goodbye all. <laughs>